0: Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And we have two amazing guests on this, oh us on this special podcast. For Buy one, episode. get one free. <laughs> we, we talked about how much convincing it took doing in And successfully...
1: Hey,
0: hey y'all. Say hey Sandra. Y'all.
1: Hey Sandra. Say my name. Hey, y'all.
0: Say my name. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Erica? Flash from the past. So that's Is the. Flash from the past. No, blast, it can be a flash from the past. Can it be a flash from the past, yeah, really or does brilliant. it have to be a? Blast? I think it's a
1: flash back and then blast from the past.
0: So I guess that's the buy one <laughs> and the get one free. Is Erica's brother.
1: Wow, you're the cheap one. Lane, who is
0: with us. That's a what's up. All right. I'm just saying,
1: nobody's paid me yet,
2: so you bought me.
0: (laughs) This is taking a weird turn, real quick. I'm just here for the ride, so. Listen, we bought her. we are just a
1: night stalker. With our <laughs> unconditional
0: love and friendship.
1: Babe, this is really funny, actually, because we're talking about buy one, get one free, and okay. Lane just quit his job a as a- night st- stalker. <laughs> Whoa. As a grocer.
0: A grocer? Did yeah, they have and good your buy shirt
1: one? is about groceries.
0: That's true. I'm wearing an Italian grocery store shirt. We're connected.
1: This is they really- They use a
0: weird word for grocery store. It's true. It's
1: not elementary.
0: We definitely never use that word.
1: Elementary.
0: With an A L I,
1: all the Italians. That's not how you say it. See, we had to Google
0: it. <laughs> see, in Wisconsin, it's a, it's just groceries. There's no elementary. Nope. No, there's not. Mm-hmm. But Lane is visiting us in New York City from Wisconsin for a little while. Yeah. Having a good time.
2: Oh yeah.
1: And so, he gets to join us in our wonderful studio.
0: Yeah. <laughs> closet. By that, the closet. <laughs> He's <laughs> like. Wait, you guys seriously recording in your closet?
1: But when you were cold, weren't you super excited that you had Grant's sweater right there?
0: It was nice. And then it kind of got hot in here, so I was like, nah. So we're nice and cozy and comfy here in Studio VB in the closet.
1: Sandra's not in the closet.
0: Sandra, nope. are you in a closet?
1: No, I am not in the closet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> guys, if you want to get to know more about us, we're a part of the Reformed Rebel Network. You can go to rebelalliancemedia.com. To find out more and to find out about the other podcasts in the network, you can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher, as well as on YouTube, where we release our episodes as well. You can subscribe there, and if you want to financially support the network, you can go to patreon.com slash reformed rebel, and we would love it if you would go there and support us at any level of support. You get some goodies. I don't know what they are at the moment, but every level, I know you get some free PDFs or free eBooks and some of the stuff that's in our store, so go over there if you want to financially support us and get some free stuff.
1: Our logo is almost done, so t-shirts will be coming.
0: We got a new logo coming out soon, and like Erica said, that means new merch is coming out.
1: And our patrons all get t-shirts. Yeah, they do. At a certain level, a certain bracket.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah. So... Get excited because it's going to look really awesome. I think you all need to do socks. You think we should do socks? I think you all need socks. I think we should do socks. I think we need to do socks and joggers. Yep, I agree. We're on it. Oh,
2: that would be cool. I'd buy a pair of joggers. I'd buy socks. Blaine, my son would love those. Blaine? Yeah, Lane, Blaine, whatever.
0: <laughs>
1: so, hey, you didn't know you were what? my son, did you, Lane? Go to bed.
0: I didn't know this. Mom? <laughs>
1: So we have Lane. Sandra has a Blaine, who's part of Apprentice Theologian's podcast.
0: Yes, this could get super confusing if we don't clarify. My, I'm Lane. L a n e. Very good. Uh, we are in the middle, smack dab in the middle of our prepared table Easter devotional and feasting guide. We hope that you guys are following along with the devotions and the recipes. We have been having an incredible time.
1: True story. I've already gained like five pounds.
0: I've already felt like dying. Fantastic! What? I've already felt like dying ten times. It's been fantastic. Not because
1: my cooking is bad.
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) Opposite, opposite. Too much, too much. (laughs) Sandra, how's it going in the Rollette house?
2: It's it's going good. We haven't got to do every night because we were gone like over the weekend. But and um, like tornadoes. She was chasing tornadoes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Of course. You know it was. You know, luckily i have already seen that movie. From back in the day, like, I think it was, like, the Twister. 90s, that tornado movie. So we just chased the tornadoes. But uh, outside of doing that, yeah, we've been cooking, and it's been going good. The kids love it. I mean, they eat, like, 24-7 because we have so much leftover since Scotty's gone. <laughs>
1: I mean, that works out well. So because you've had plenty of good prepared table bites, let us now move on to bite-sized burkoff.
0: There could not have been a more perfect <laughs> segue, babe. Good job.
1: So let's jump in, shall we? Let's do this. Sin in the life of the human race. The connection between Adam's sin and that of his descendants. The Pelagians deny that there is any necessary connection between the sin of Adam and that of his descendants. The earlier Arminians maintain that man has inherited his natural corruption from Adam, but it is in no sense responsible for the sin of the latter, while the latter, or the Wesleyan-Arminians, admit that man's inborn corruption also involves guilt. There are especially three differing ways of explaining the connection between the sin of Adam and that of his descendants.
0: So, Berghoff begins by giving a little bit of historical survey here and explaining some different views. So do you want to
1: explain what Pelagians and Arminians are right Uh, off the bat? That's probably helpful.
0: Yeah, to be brief, because I I wouldn't be able to give a super in-depth explanation at the moment anyway, but Pelagius was a guy that lived around the time of Augustine, so we're talking 4th century, 5th century AD, and he believed and taught that humans were born neutral, not good or bad, and only what you did in your life counted good or bad, and so if you lived your life and then sinned, then, of course, that corrupted you, or that made you evil. That made you guilty, right? And so, essentially, he believed and taught that you were you were born with a clean slate, and that included your heart, mind, will, everything, right?
1: I wonder what he did with kids who were born with handicaps.
2: Oof.
0: No, that's good. That's a good question because of the material world and the obvious corruptions that we see in the material world, mm-hmm. right? That's a really good point. And I have not read Augustine's book, that combats Pelagius's view. And Augustine is the main dude who fought and basically drew the church away from Pelagius's like
1: dispelled that heresy.
0: Right. And basically led the church to condemn Pelagius as a heretic. So but
1: we would say semi-Pelagianism remains the most popular doctrine of the church today.
0: Right. There was a majority in the church that at the time that probably would have even called themselves semi-Pelagian. Just like right now, there's probably the majority... No one knows
1: that term, obviously. Like, no. most Christians don't know that term, but that's what they are.
0: Right. right. Yeah, currently. But at the time of Augustine, he would have been the more conservative uh, person, and then the squishy middle. Mm-hmm. Which There's always, like, the large, squishy middle, right? Mm-hmm. Even in that time, there was a the large, squishy middle that was semi-Pelagian. And then he was the far-right conservative stronghold that was keeping everybody away from the full-on... Who was? Augustine. Okay. He was the one keeping everyone on the right track. And then there's the gradations of squishiness on their way to full Pelagianism, where Pelagius is on the complete other side. So where does
1: Arminianism play into this whole conversation? Because he mentions that as well.
0: Right. So Explain that. Jacobus Arminius was a student under... Um, I believe it was Theodore Beza who was John Calvin's successor in Geneva, but he's around that same time, just right after Calvin, Mm -hmm. he's learning to be, uh, he's at seminary essentially, and he's just disagreeing. So I don't know if he's just that student, right? He's that student that has to disagree on this. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And he's just saying, you know what? That yes, we are born with sin, but that doesn't make him guilty. He doesn't have this inherited guilt from Adam, so Armin- Arminius didn't believe that that man was born with this um, original sin, which would make that him, seemed unfair.
1: Which would make him then possible to be in communion with God and choose to be in fellowship with God.
0: Right. What he said though was that yes, he was born with a sin nature, and so that kind of made him more likely to sin after he was born. He was born with sort of this proclivity. And then once he did sin, and we'll talk about actual sins mm-hmm. later, then he became guilty. But before that, he wasn't. That's actually probably where you get some of this like age of accountability. Weirdness. Junk. Yeah. Right. Is is that Arminian belief?
1: Because you'd have to be conscientious of your decision in order to say it was sinful. Is that what you'd say?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like there has to be. Like, like if you don't
1: know, quote unquote, that what you're doing is sinful, it's not a sin. It's
0: right. almost like a starting age. Yeah, kind of like an age of awareness or yeah. consciousness or something. Except for
1: I don't know that anyone could actually say that if they've ever seen a two-year-old pitch a fit over what color popsicle they get.
0: Right? That like, they, they are know.
1: very conscious of what color popsicle so they got. Know? But if you kind of think about it, it's interesting, too, that he kind of felt like, yeah,
2: you're born with this in nature, but you're not really guilty yet. Because it's kind of the same thing of, like, you know, I have gay tendencies but i'm not like acting on them so it's
1: okay like it's okay to have the sin in you so long as you don't act on it yeah
0: yeah that's called concupiscence, and which
2: we see a lot like the church accepting a lot today yeah
0: yep. unfortunately
1: there's no concept of like purge the evil from among you even if it's inside of you
0: (laughs) right burkoff points this out later in this section is that the problem is that it is twofold right children in infancy 6 months old still die right yep well if death is a result of the curse of sin then but they're clearly not
1: they're tainted by sin
0: right they're still feeling and experiencing the effect that means they well, are still Well that's what I was saying what
1: happens when kids like are born with defects
0: exactly right yeah you were yeah exactly that was the same point you were making there
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so sin is pervasive in its effects and it's you know that curse has pervasive effects
1: if you have a miscarriage would you have been have to say if you believe what he believed that that only happened because the child was a sinner
0: well there is a difference i think between just the effects of sin in the world
1: i don't believe that i don't think burkhoff i'm yeah, saying like no. this weird pelagian belief like oh, there's no sin in the child okay well if there's no sin in the child and the mother is able to bear children like right. without any
0: issues. Like, why did he... Then why
1: did the child yeah. die? Was it because the child was a sinner and that's...
0: Yeah, what happened? Right. Yeah. If it's kind of was... like the disciples and their weird belief with the blind man, right? Like, who sinned?
1: Yeah, the parents or the man. Yeah, the
0: parent or him or who, who right. brought this upon him. Like, this can only be a result of something bad they did and then, then it came on them. It can't right. just be this overarching result of the curse you know Mm -hmm. the disciples didn't have perfect theology it's like
1: really interesting what do they do that i know they make up this doctrine of like the age of accountability or whatever but it's never Mm -hmm. found anywhere in scripture like the opposite yeah it's, it's like doesn't make any sense
0: right the other example given in scripture was in romans 5 where paul says that death reigned from adam to moses and of course when the law was given if you broke the law Mm-hmm. You incurred the penalty, right? But before that, what were you breaking? There technically wasn't a law, but there was still death. And Paul's just proving the point that the curse was still there. You were still sinning against God, and you were still under the curse. And that just from being born in well, Adam's and even line... David said... Yeah, David in said... Sin, in
1: sin did my mother conceive me.
0: Right, yeah, Psalm 51. Exactly, from conception, David says, that's where it started. Not so, that, like,
1: his conception was sinful, but that he was sinful the moment he was conceived.
0: Right. That's the idea. So, All right.
1: Good clarification there.
0: He adds to that the later or Wesleyan Arminians admit that the man's inborn corruption also involves guilt. Now, here's the thing. It's almost like they become more orthodox, right? The Wesleyan Arminians are like, okay, yes. This doesn't
1: make any sense. Let's rewrite.
0: Right. Yes, original sin and when you sin, you incur guilt, right? There's both and, and it's because though that John Wesley believed in a thing called prevenient grace, where the gospel, the Holy Spirit works in the world and basically, basically, drops fairy dust on everybody and sort of gives, scatters
1: the seed, gives
0: an enabling grace to everyone to believe the gospel. What's
1: well, akin to like Catholics and baptism.
0: Kind of, yeah. That that's their like open door, right? Right. But yeah, he believed in prevenient grace. So the Wesleyans kind of look like they're going more orthodox, but it's because they also believe in this prevenient grace doctrine, where um, which yeah, is
1: just semi Pelagianism.
0: Right. It kind. Of, yeah. Exactly. Because
1: now everyone's able to decide whether they want to be saved yeah. or not.
0: Yeah. It's like because yes, of everyone the has. Dust. Yeah. Everyone has original sin, and they all sin. But because of the gospel and because of the work of Jesus, everyone has a clean slate again. That's essentially it. And I know I'm making it minimalistic. And if someone's actually Methodist and a Wesleyan scholar, they're probably upset right now. But
1: I don't think we have any Wesleyan listeners. But be honest with yourself. We would. (laughs) I don't think we have any Wesleyan listeners. Maybe not. At least not after this episode. We apologize. All right.
0: So that was a little. Actually,
1: we do have a listener named Wes.
0: We do. Wes, are you Wesleyan? No you're not. <laughs> you're from Alabama, you're Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and we love not you. Not for Wes.
2: long.
0: All right. So, Burkhoff then goes into talking about three different ways of explaining the connection.
1: Not going to lie, the first one Lane and I had to read like six times.
0: The realistic yep. theory. <laughs> it took a little bit. So, yeah, this one's sort of mystical, isn't it? Yeah. Um
1: Or we were mystical. I
0: don't know what's happening. (laughs) So it's called the realistic theory. The earliest of the three of these theories is the realistic theory, which is to the effect that God originally created one general human nature, which in course of time is divided into as many parts as there are human individuals. And so Adam possessed of this general human nature, and as the result of his sin, it became guilty and polluted. Consequently, every individual part of it also shares in this guilt and pollution. This theory does not explain why we are responsible only for the first sin of Adam, and not for the rest of his sins, committed by the same human nature, nor for the sins of the rest of our forefathers. I can see why we need to read this over and over again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was bad. Neither does it give an answer to the question why Christ was not held responsible for the sin of Adam, for he certainly shared the very nature that sinned in Adam. I think this basically is just a theory that if it's, if sin is just found in human nature and then you just pass it along through human nature. Right. And then if that's, if that's the only place where sin is found and passed on. I think
1: this is an effort to get rid of the patriarchy. Like, Adam isn't the federal head. It's just all genetic.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good point to make. Because I do think there is, at some level, something genetic about it. Because it is the effects of sin. Kids
1: are born with defects. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But the second theory and the third theory
1: make... Well, okay. So with this theory, the first one, before we get into mixing other theories, because this one's super confusing. It literally took us a minute. Yeah, But Lane and I were talking about how... I wonder if this is where, like, the Tim Keller-ish, like, trying to mix evolution with creation. Like, I wonder if he would love this type of theory because he doesn't really believe there was a literal Adam. So if you don't believe there's a literal Adam, but somehow we are all still sinners, or at least in Adam, like, we would take the biblical account of creation and be like, okay, well, Adam was a literal person, creation happened in, you know, literal days, Mm -hmm. and, like... He has to do something weird with the narrative to like make it fit with his evolutionary. Yep. Like conundrum. Okay. I wonder if this would like aid in that type of thinking. Because in Adam, we all fall, and in Christ, we are given life. There's that right. co- like very clear federal headship, patriarchy, and if you have a very soft view of the patriarchy, maybe this would
0: be appealing maybe yeah and like you said it's a very it's it's a very naturalistic view you mm-hmm. know yes. and if you do have that biologos um theistic evolution view of genesis because i, th- I could see you liking that more so right. than a covenantal federal right view of
1: right cuz you don't necessarily have to believe the creation narrative in order to believe this theory
0: no well, and you can adopt this theory and ditch other parts of the Bible. Right. Right? I mean, you can you can end up having your atonement, your the, your doctrine of the atonement jacked right. up and other things jacked up and still adopt this view. True. So maybe that's, that's who does adopt this view are people who have jacked up views of the atonement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Maybe.
0: So the second view, he says, is the theory of immediate imputation.
1: Or and just then, the covenant of works.
0: Yeah. And then it's covenant of works. So... According to this view, Adam stood in a twofold relation to his descendants. He was the natural head of the human race, the progenitor of all the children of men. Obviously, he's our first dad, right? To this natural relationship, God added a covenantal relationship. So he is our federal head, right? He is the one who represented all of the human race in the garden. And so when he fell, we fell. Right. And so, because he fell and became sinful, we all became sinful. Because he became guilty, we became guilty. And this is just exactly what Paul says, four thousand four thousand years later, in the book of Romans. Yeah. So it's not even it's not, it's it's just it's 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 it's
1: the clearest understanding. Yeah,
0: it's good apostle theology, right? Uh, Burkhoff says this theory explains why the descendants of Adam are responsible only for the one sin which he committed as head of the covenant, why they are not responsible for the sins of their forebears, and why Christ, who is not a human person, of course, we know he took on...
1: Human flesh. Human flesh
0: to human nature. But we get what Burkhoff's trying to say Well, like,
1: literally, what we were explaining to the kids earlier, like, he was not made of sperm and egg. He was created differently from other humans. Exactly. But he still was 100% human.
0: Right. Burkhoff says, why Christ, who is not a human person, does not share in the guilt of Adam. And that's exactly why Mm -hmm. Christ doesn't share in the guilt of Adam, is because he did not come, just like you said, through sperm and egg. It was well, the and Holy would make Spirit sense. who caused him to be. And it would
1: make sense, too, that if Adam was the federal head, the man being the head of the covenant, that it would be the man who would have to be substituted in the genetic part of Christ's right. creation. Christ being created. Christ being conceived.
0: Yeah. Conceived.
1: <laughs> I know all that just sounds really wrong, but. Because <laughs> right. so the... the headship had to be switched out, is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. So obviously this is like the orthodox.
0: Yeah. This would obviously be the view we take.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The third theory is called the mediate imputation. And it proceeds on the assumption that the guilt of Adam's sin is not directly imputed to his descendants and advocates the following idea. This is the idea. Adam's descendants derive their innate corruption from him. By the process of natural generation, so this kind of sounds like the realistic Mm -hmm. one, and on the basis of that inherent depravity which they share with him, they are also considered guilty of his apostasy. So this almost kind of sounds like the Arminian Mm
2: -hmm. view
0: as well. They are not born corrupt because they are guilty in Adam, but they are considered guilty because they are born corrupt. So it's almost like
1: this is like really stupid philosophical.
0: Yeah, no, right? It's just us like switching the words <laughs> yeah. around. You're like, "Ooh, he said it the other way around." <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's like you're born with some, you know, sin in your DNA in the cells of your body, and so God can't look on you favorably. You're and sinning- You're sinful and corrupt. So that's your sinful nature. That's your sinful state. That's what it seems like to me. Am I off base?
1: I don't know. I'm telling you, this one was a little rough.
0: I mean, I know Burkhoff's just trying to, like, be exhaustive here.
1: I don't think he's trying to be exhaustive. That I just think it's confusing.
0: A little bit confusing trying to read this. You think so?
1: We read it, legit, over yeah, I read and it over. a
0: few times trying <laughs> to explain it.
1: Okay. Origin and actual sin.
0: All right. Now we'll get into some good stuff. This is super helpful just in uh, our day and age in a lot of denominations right now. Yeah. Especially the PCA. It's original.
1: It is O.G. O.G. Sin,
0: original sin.
1: That actually works. O.G. Sin,
0: I like it. That's right. You like sin? O.G. Sin. (laughs) All right, original sin. In virtue of their connection with Adam, all men are, after the fall, born in a sinful state and condition. This state is called original sin and is the inward root of all the actual sins that defile the life of man and it contains two elements.
1: So in the umbrella of original sin fall original guilt and original pollution.
2: Original guilt means that um, Adam's sin is on us, and since he sinned as our representative basically now, we carry on that sin. Right. That makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm trying to put it in, like, simple terms, but... Yeah, no, that's really right. good.
0: And he makes the point... Here to emphasize again that Arminians of the 17th century, like I was saying, Jacobus Arminius and advocates of modern liberal theology. So Burkhoff would have been 19, I think, when did he write this? 1930s, 40s, maybe the 20s if this was earlier in his career. But that was modern uh, liberal theology at its height and what J. Gresham Machen was fighting his whole career. Um, Both deny that original sin involves original guilt. And then, rather than go on a long diatribe, literally, Burkhoff just goes, yet yeah, this is certainly the case, according to the plain teachings of Scripture. And they just give Scripture.
1: This is where he just calls them all <laughs> a bunch of idiots. He's like,
0: yet yeah, your view just doesn't line up with the Bible, so, next. <laughs> like a boss. I like this guy. Right, Burkoff's good. Next paragraph, original pollution. The descendants of Adam are not only burdened with his guilt, but also inherit from him their moral pollution. They are not only deprived of original righteousness, but also have an inherent positive disposition towards sin. This pollution may be considered from two different points of view, as total depravity and as total inability. So I think it's interesting that he that he says at the beginning or sorry that he says at the end of that paragraph they now have a positive disposition towards sin that's super important to see that what would have been before right a positive disposition to righteousness that's our natural state created in the image of god toward created god, in
1: favorable fellowship with god right
0: a positive that means like that's the way you're going right positive disposition towards well like a righteousness. child is
1: born into a positive relationship with their parent
0: Right. But now the corruption of sin is such that you are born with a positive disposition to sin. And that point just alone in itself would help so much of American churches. Right. Yeah. Just that one phrase. And it's
1: funny how just saying that like seems so, well, yeah, like we're, we're born sinful. Like I don't know what church could really argue that. Yet they deny it by all of their theology. Right. Which is insane to me that you can be a Christian, quote unquote, Christian church and deny that we're born sinners. Because, like, literally you start in Genesis, you already disagree, you have to throw the rest of the Bible out. (laughs) Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense from there on. You got no Bible. A lot of churches, like you said,
2: will just deny it. You have, I'm sorry, you have on the other hand, you have churches that don't deny it, but then they downplay the sins. Mm
1: Mm-hmm true
2: right so like yes we're all born sinful so therefore all these little sins don't really matter because you can't really help it right like your little fibs or you know your lusting or things of that nature yeah those ones aren't major sins so we don't have to really worry
1: about those or they downplay the big sins like you were saying earlier with like the being born gay or whatever pick any other sin that's always the hobby horse one but but that's only if you're if you're
2: do like you're confessing that that is your sin but you're not acting on it
1: but i think that's because we live in a victim culture where you are always the victim and you're never responsible for anything so if you can be victimized by your sin then it's not your fault then it's god's fault
0: how often do we hear stuff like you know i'm saved and under construction
1: <laughs> how many? What? How many? People I've have literally never <laughs> been told that. But I've never that's... heard
0: this before, but I like it.
2: <laughs> they like have like a T-shirt.
0: <laughs> you guys have ever heard anything like that? You guys that? are older nope, than us. Definitely never heard that. Uh, okay, and then, let me say it again. Have you got Okay, what have you guys heard? I'm a work in progress. <laughs> what have you heard? But they just say that to excuse their sorry excuse of sanctification.
2: I think the popular one right now is um you see it on Facebook all the time the thing that's like, "Yes, I'm a Christian, but
1: no, I'm not perfect."
2: Yeah, exactly. Which I mean like
1: I think we would all agree with that yeah. I've
0: never yes, heard like, this one either.
1: You haven't. It's like like people post it all the time. Yeah, I think face, it's a but... mom thing because everyone's like, yeah. "Yes, I am a Christian, but it doesn't mean I'm perfect." Like, or it'll even take different forms that maybe aren't so overtly talking about sanctification. But I've seen tons of mom bloggers be like, "Your kids don't need to have a clean house; they need to have a happy mom."
2: I, know, <laughs> I have seen that. Yeah, like
1: weird <laughs> things like that, where it's like, "So maybe you just stop being lazy and like do your." tasks do your duties unto the lord be joyful in them and your kids get a clean house and a happy mom
0: yeah you see right? a lot of mm-hmm. admissions of people's sin like they'll acknowledge the sin in their life but they'll but they'll acknowledge it in a way where they're just kind of looking for an excuse for it right and th- not that they're going to do anything about it if i do
1: my dishes i'll be unhappy and that will hurt my kids So i'm just not going to do that then my <laughs> kids will have a happy mom kids yeah. <laughs> i made soup tonight Put your hands
2: out. <laughs> Shape it like a bowl. <laughs> Sorry, mom wasn't happy with doing the dishes.
0: They, the kids thought it was funny. What a joyful house we have now. <laughs> All right, so Burkoff talks that about... That was a
1: bunny trail. T-
0: total depravity <laughs> first, right? And we did uh, touch on this a little bit last week, but basically total depravity is that sin has affected every... thing... Every part of our bodies, <laughs> that gap will get cut out in editing, you know? And it's not that man is as bad as he can be, Burkov says.
1: Yeah, it's not that he's, like, incapable of doing a good deed because he's born a sinner. Because clearly there are tons of sinful people that do, quote-unquote, good things. Like, rich, wicked pagans still donate money to charities.
0: Right, he talks about that in the total inability section. He says that sinful man still may... Perform acts and manifest sentiments that deserve the sincere approval and gratitude of their fellow man, and that even meet in a measure with the approval of God.
1: Right, like God's still happy that the rich pagans feeding homeless people.
0: If there is a non-Christian politician that wants to abolish abortion, I'm gonna vote for them.
1: Right, like, that's a good thing. good
0: thing that I'm going to support. Yeah. And, and if they're not a Christian, I don't know why they're – like, I don't know why. I don't care. This is awesome. Right. Somehow this is happening. God's at work, right? Somehow. He, I know he's sovereign. Right. And so I'm going to give a hearty approval of that. We don't put down a good thing because a non-Christian seems right. to be doing it or whatever. But Burkhoff gives a very helpful clarification at the end of that total inability paragraph. He says, moreover, man cannot change his fundamental preference for sin to love for God, though, nor even make an approach to such a change. And so what it is is like we don't then go, well, could this person then offer these good things they do to God? Well, no, like clearly not. Because
1: they're enemies of God. They're not trying to please God still.
0: Still read the rest of scripture that Mm -hmm. says salvation is by grace through faith. In Christ alone, right? Well, this is
1: where you have to understand the fullness of how sin has corrupted the man. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, if... I think it was Piper who said, if sin were a color, it would be that your whole body would be that color. So Mm -hmm. if sin was blue, your whole body would be blue. And because you're all blue, that doesn't mean that you can't do good things. It just means that everything you do will be tainted by your
0: blueness. Right. Exactly actual sin, Burkhoff says, the difference between actual and original sin. The term actual sin denotes not only sins consisting in outward acts, but also all those conscious thoughts and volitions which proceed from original sin.
1: So there's your uh, victimhood mentality being squashed, Sandra. Like, even your Being born a certain way doesn't make you a victim, right?
0: They may be sins of the inner life, such as pride, envy, hatred, here we go, sensual lusts and evil desires, Mm -hmm. or sins of the outer life, such as deceit, theft, murder, adultery, and so on. While the existence of original sin has met and is still meeting with widespread denial, the presence of actual sin, at least in some sense of the word, is generally admitted, obviously. So this is like... <laughs> generally. Running, yeah, generally. Not always.
1: <laughs> this is running rampant, even in the PCA right now.
0: Right, so if you are aware of the rumblings going on in the Presbyterian Church in America, there is a group of people that are in support of uh, this Celibate conference.
1: homosexuals.
0: Yeah, celibate gay Christians... And there's a conference called...
1: Self-titled, mind you.
0: Yes. There is a conference called Revoice, head up by a PCA teaching elder, Greg Johnson, who calls himself gay, but he's quote-unquote celibate and has quote-unquote never had sex in his entire life, and he's 40 or 40-something, and so acts like a victim of his disposition and orientation. Right. It's honestly pathetic. But it's growing too, which is staggering. This is the thing that they're denying. They're denying that actual sin comes from just the evil desires in your heart. And the thing that they are pushing and peddling is that this isn't something that they need to crucify. They're not acting on it. Right. Which is exactly what
1: Jesus said. Like uh, Moses said, do not commit adultery. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I'm telling you, if you've lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. So it's not just the outward action. It's what begins in the heart that leads Mm -hmm. to the outward action. So rather than just not doing the outward action, it'd be much easier to go to the root and get rid of the thing on the inside of you that's causing you to do the outward sins. Right. But somewhere... I always want to call him Gary. I don't know why. (laughs) It's
0: Greg. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Somehow, Mr. Greg doesn't believe that.
0: Well, and we would have to say that a right-ordered creation or an untainted by sin creation would be one where every man... Desires women.
1: So, take that back a step then. According to Gary Gregg's position...
0: Gary Gary slash Gregg.
1: Was it possible then, if... So long as you don't act on your sin, if the sin is just inside of you, but you don't actually act on it, that's not sinful. If that is true, was it possible then for Adam to be gay? And be like, Eve's just not doing it for me. Wish I would have had someone else.
0: He would probably say, yeah, because... He doesn't say that that lusting is okay. What he says is that his attraction is okay.
1: So one Lane inward sin. The,
0: Lane just gave me the weirdest. <laughs> a confusing like, one. It's like stink eye ever. <laughs>
1: it doesn't make sense. Because what you're saying no. is one inward sin is okay, but another one isn't.
0: Well, but he's saying that the attraction isn't a sin. But of course he's trying to use terminology to make it just not sound like but a if sin, you but were it to, is still a sin. Right,
1: because even if, let's just order it rightly then. Okay. Okay. If you were to look at another woman, which Mm -hmm. is a correct ordering of things, like a man should look at a woman and be like, wow, she's pretty, but now you're married. So if you were to look at a woman and think that would be a fun time, is that okay? No. But you're not acting on it. It's just your natural disposition. You can't help it. Right.
2: So I think what he's saying is that like, like, okay, if we're going to just do the correct, if we're just using the correct form here, that Grant being attracted to women is okay. But if Grant is lusting after women, then that's not okay, or having sex with women. But, but it's the, just in reverse for the gay. That's But that well, what is thing. the attraction versus
0: so, right? Because yeah. that's the yeah. thing is you're what you're trying to say. Then is lust. that lust and attraction are different things? But yeah, I don't think exactly they are. I don't Grant. think so either. And the other no, thing, I, I
2: think what he is defining as lust, as lust and attraction would be, I guess, well, I like men. That's just attraction. But me sitting here googling after men is lusting. Right. I think that's probably how that guy would define it.
1: Well, and, and even in the qualifications for an elder, it's, you should be a one woman man. That's mm-hmm. a requirement. Meaning you're not looking for other women in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> if you are, then you're not qualified to be a pastor in a church period. Right. So at the very least, he certainly isn't a one woman man. Mm-hmm. So can we just say that he's not qualified to be a pastor?
0: I think there's many Pretty reasons safely. why. He is not <laughs> well, I, I I'm just more saying, than that, but. not a an equal comparison either. It's not, no. Because being attracted to a man is not the same thing as being attracted to a woman, right? Because you're, you're already literally
1: starting off on the wrong side of the road. Exactly. <laughs> right. Why are you giggling? Like man? you're an England
0: man, like <laughs> wrong side, wrong <laughs> side, wrong side. You're in England. Wrong side. <laughs> Right, they try. That should and, be our new code right word, y'all. They try and they try to <laughs> flatten it out. They're driving in England. You'd be <laughs> driving in England over there, man. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But that's what they do. They try and flatten it and say, "Well, it's just, it's just lust." So insert whatever here. Be like, "No, no, 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 no." There's an extra level of perversion here.
1: Right. Well, Romans one, you just read it earlier today. That that right. is a judgment. Like God's turned you over to your mm-hmm. debased mind because you've suppressed His truth. Exactly. So,
2: but uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, we start here and then it's only going to get worse. I mean, true. Are we you starting know? in England or are
1: we starting
0: <laughs> exactly? If we start in no. England, yes, pretty On the wrong soon, side of the road. It's
1: going to be France, <laughs> Germany. <laughs> That's what's happening in Utah. They're going to France.
0: Utah's already legalized polygamy, jack But the world men- travel tonight, I'm staying in America, man. <laughs> <laughs> but Augustine, you know, we has go,
2: anybody told him Utah is America?
0: <laughs> we need to get back on the tracks. Are we
2: just excited about that? And that's why you're like I'm staying in America. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so funny.
0: I'm staying in Wisconsin. How about that?
1: <laughs> you're not in Wisconsin right now.
0: Well, not Utah. True. Or
2: England, so
0: that's good. This it's getting hot. (laughs) To bring it back to (laughs) Burkhoff Grant's tired of traveling. What people are doing in this group is that they are not acknowledging that even sinful desires are a sin that need to be crucified. They are trying to find a way to justify it. Right. So... Berkhoff then moves on to the unpardonable sin. Many people talk about, many people want to know what this is. This is one of those things that people speculate about quite often. The
1: Catholic Church believes it's suicide because you can't ask God for forgiveness after you commit suicide.
0: Right. There was that group of people, remember on, was it on YouTube or just the internet where you could post your video where you literally just take a video of yourself saying, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Right. And then they're like, yes, more followers. And they were like trying to get as many people as they could to blaspheme and commit the unpardonable sin. Yeah. And basically, what Burkhoff points out, and I'm just going to try to summarize without trying to read this big long paragraph, is that in the Gospels, what you see is people attributing Jesus' work as Messiah to the work of Satan. Mm-hmm. When he does something, when he does a miracle. Which is what the ministry of the Messiah was supposed to be. And then they say, you have a demon, right? That's what
1: Well, the Pharisees said it all the time.
0: Right. So they, they do that, and then he ends up talking about the unpardonable sin. Mm-hmm. And so Burkhoff sort of,
1: which would basically just be miscategorizing who Jesus is. Right. And it could be like like the Pharisees did attributing Jesus's work to demons, but it could also just be people thinking it is nothing. Like, Jesus is a fallacy. The Gospels a fallacy.
0: Right. And so, Burkhoff says, it is unpardonable, not because its guilt transcends the merits of Christ, mm-hmm. or because the sinner is beyond the renewing power of the Holy Spirit, but because it is a sin that excludes all repentance, sears the conscience, and hardens the sinner. Right. Like, it just seriously takes you so far off the path and confuses everything. Right. It's unpardonable. Well, you even see
1: that with uh, the Pharaoh when Moses was sent to mm-hmm. Egypt. God right. hardened Pharaoh's heart. And every time Moses would perform a miracle, uh, Pharaoh's magicians would try and replicate it by their demonic yep. you know, magic and all that kind of stuff. That literally is blaspheming the work of God.
0: Right. It's like when, when God works or when the good news comes, all it does is it's a stench of death like Paul mm-hmm. talked about. And just causes that heart to get even harder. I think it was the Puritans, I would say, like, the same sun that hardens the clay melts the ice.
1: Melts the wax. Or
0: melts the wax. I've heard it both ways. Um, but it's that sort of same effect where mm-hmm. it's unpardonable because when God comes to work, all it does is send you... All it does is sear your conscience more and lead you more into your outlandish your rebellion, rebellion mm-hmm. to... Um, to uh, to attribute God's work to And it's demonic not because things. your own
1: rebellion, like you said, supersedes that of the work of Christ. It's because mm-hmm. Christ's work is efficacious for his elect and not for those who are not his elect.
0: Right. And, and nowhere in this I- in view is the person, you know, begging for God's forgiveness and him going, well, but that one sin you committed. Right.
1: Because there's that no repentance. That was a repentance. really bad one. So this is how you know. People always say this with like Calvinists, too. Like, mm-hmm. well, how do you know if you're saved or not? Well, have you repented? Yeah. Okay, right, exactly. hey, then you're saved. Like, have you not repented? Then you're not. It's pretty right. simple, actually. How do I don't know if I'm
0: elect. I don't know. You believed in Jesus? And... Do you
1: love Jesus? Right. Okay.
0: Exactly. And that's what he says at the very, uh, the very end. He says, in view of the fact that this sin is not followed by repentance, we may be reasonably sure That they who fear that they have committed it, who worry about it, and who desire the prayers of others for them, have not committed it. Right. So, there you go, everyone. Really, the last part is just the universality of sin. I don't think we need to spend a long time on that. There we go. We did good, man. Yeah. The rest of this section is mostly Burkhoff just pointing to a lot of scripture references that support Uh, What he's been teaching in this section. So get the book. Like we said uh, on the last episode, you can find the PDF online for free or get it super cheap on eBay. It's
1: literally less than $5
0: on eBay. If you're in the U.S. Yeah, I'm not so sure about Canada. I can't Or
1: England or France.
0: (laughs) That's true. Or Germany. (laughs) I think all those were mentioned. (laughs) But don't read it if you're driving on the wrong side of the road.
1: No, do read it if you're driving on yeah, the wrong you, side you of the road. But not while it.
0: you're driving.
1: While you're uh, driving. And there's
0: audiobooks for that. True story. Good suggestion, Lane. See? Look at me go. Good suggestion. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bite-Sized Burkoff. Come back next week.
1: Lane and Sandra will be with us again.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe. Oh, come on, oh. Sandra.
1: Okay. If a tornado
2: you know I'm a sucker for y'all.
1: Away. What? If a tornado hasn't whisked her away. I'm to going Oz. to Oz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm locked exactly. in the car. Well, I have no ruby slippers, so I won't be coming back. <laughs> Start calling you Alphaba.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check, one, two, first Water to the dry and weary soul of
1: the true church The kind of things that you search, they say that the truth hurts Well this pain is gained. so let's explain the new birth First things first, can't neglect us at the start I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart From original sin, the effects of the the sin of our first parents brought death to us all Since Adam was our federal head What he did counted for us In him were all rebels and dead Yo, captured in the mind disaster sinning crimes in a dark state Alaska in the winter time shower in our frames Left to ourselves we be devoured in the flames Cause we're powerless to change if you feel that way I pray that you respond
2: happily As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3